Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits. But the end is near, is nigh. Taoiseach Michal Martin, in a good way, by the way. Taoiseach Michal Martin will make a significant a significant State of the Nation address uh, this evening and will outline when all remaining COVID restrictions will be stood down. The major changes come after the Chief Medical Officer, Tony Hulan, uh, delivered a bombshell letter to the Health Minister, Stephen Donnelly. The CMO had been le- uh, leading a meeting of the expert public health team at NEFID on Thursday and it's emerged that Tony advised the government uh, to remove all restrictions in the hospitality industry, including the APM curfew and the use of COVID passes. To give me more information on it is uh, John Lee, who's the executive editor of the Irish Daily Mail and the first one in with the news from what I could see last night. Good afternoon to you, John. Well spotted. Thank you, Niall. Uh, John, did you have, do you have a direct hotline to Tony or something like that? Is that, is that... Uh, no, <laughs> no. Um, I, I, Tony is secure enough in his, in his position, I think, not to be having to leak to the likes of me. <laughs> but um, uh, I, I've been fortunate enough throughout the pandemic to have a a source within the system who has been able to give us a, a heads up on what's coming, which I think is important for the public because the, the government over various stages have have failed somewhat in the in the in the management of the communication of the whole. The of communication the, has the, been disastrous. But when when we're seeing things in the media before it's being announced by government, or in some cases before the majority of TDs even knew about it. And we spoke to Patrick Tobin about this during the week when he said to us he had to go to journalists to find out what was going on because he wasn't hearing it from his own party. That's a sad state of affairs, isn't it? Yeah, well, it was... It, 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 so much of it is down to um, cogent management of what they're doing. Like they, they changed the process and probably maybe... You know, it's still something we can discuss. Michal Martin has announced an inquiry into how we've conducted ourselves during COVID. Like at one stage last year, I was given the full details of the winter plan and published them on a Thursday night into Friday morning. And the government had no plans to discuss that between Thursday night and Tuesday after a cabinet meeting. Now, the, the chances of that staying secure in the, in the civil service for five days are nil. Absolutely. So, not not in the modern world of social media. Absolutely. No. Yeah. And it's a journalist's duty to inform the, the public of, of what's going on before the spin kicks in, I believe. Yeah. And they, they have failed there, um, but they have succeeded in, uh, and they should be credited, the government, that is, for us emerging somewhat intact from okay. the great threat to our um, our state over our 100-year history. Okay, in in relation to what's happening, or what we expect the state of the nation to be this evening, I mean, we've seen in the UK Boris Johnson, although some people will say that a lot of what he's doing at the moment is to save his own bacon, and that couldn't be argued with. But in saying that, he did promise before Christmas if Omicron wasn't that dangerous, and the data came back to say it wasn't dangerous, he was going to remove all the restrictions that they had put back in again after Freedom Day. But So that was probably going to happen in the UK either way, whether Boris was in trouble or not. I mean, they're talking about, of course, removing masks in school as and from next week. They're talking about, of course, removing masks as and from yesterday uh, all over the place. COVID passes gone. Everything essentially gone. Northern Ireland, Scotland, Wales, a little bit slower to introduce it, but they will be introducing it. So what do we know about what Michal is going to say today? Well, you, I know yourself and Dan were only joking around there uh, to an extent and, and, and being gleeful about the circumstances about hugging each other. But there is a, something of a quality there, a serious one, that if our paper and others have announced, have revealed this morning and been confirmed since, that social distancing is to go, you pretty much have to tell the public now, right, go ahead, forget about the social distancing. There's no point saying, oh, we're going to end social distancing next Tuesday because... People are going to do it anyway. ...and the sensibility of doing that... Um, which then rolls into everything. Now, what, all I know is what I was briefed last night, and you've discussed it on your on your station all morning. May, may not need to go into it all. But hospitality, um, which excites everyone, not the most important issue in the world. That is to open up fully, and all the restrictions that apply to the, within that table service, expert table. That's all to go. Now, now, what about the suggestion that was made two weeks ago that they may go from. 8 to 12, and then in two weeks go, you know, full pod time back to half past 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning for the nightclubs. 
uh, and I'm going to be speaking. I'm going to be speaking to the nightclub straight after I speak to you. But do you believe that that that, that may be in there, or do you reckon it's going to be a free? When I say a free for all, is it going to be a full full opening? The indications from government this morning are that hospitality will, and they'll discuss this at Calvin, will reopen tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow night, the 8pm will be gone. Um, I'm not sure if they've, they've discussed the finite and final details with the nightclubs, but just to roll back slightly, um, Nefis told the government that within your own decision and timetable, you can reopen the following, and then list them all. Nightclubs were listed without a time scale by an effort as something they could reopen fully uh, immediately if they chose. I, I, I would see it as difficult from holding uh, nightclubs back tomorrow night if they're in a position to open. I can't see how you could stop them. Besides anything else, how are you going to legally enforce that? It would be um, difficult to justify it apart from anything else. Absolutely. Yeah. And like, you know, the biggest problem we had with nightclubs, um, uh, I don't know about you, but it's not something that affects me much anymore, was social distancing, for instance. That's gone. Yeah. So the indications this morning from government is that hospitality in its entirety will open tomorrow night. That's like the eight o'clock that you would have been going home tomorrow evening. You can keep on going. Um, there would be concerns, for instance, and not concerns about the nation in general, but just... The, our guard are rosters up to dealing with that, you know, Saturday yeah, night. Because over, they've kind of been, they, they, they've been used to having it, I'm not going to say easy, but obviously it has reduced, you know, the, that kind of level of public order problems in the city late at night. So, they, yeah, the guard will have to yeah. up their game a little bit over the weekend. And I'd say that particularly the first couple of weekends, there'll be a novelty factor involved in that too. Yeah, you would hope that, um, um, you know, we're all in such good form that won't happen. So, But as of this morning, government are indicating that hospitality and the broad term will return tomorrow and sporting events will return to full capacity this weekend, which is just extraordinary. I think we're all a bit blinking into the sunlight here. Like, for instance, I think, now I'm a soccer fan, but there's a big rugby match in Munster, uh, Munster Wasps on Sunday in Limerick. Um, I think it's Limerick. It is Limerick, and that is due to go ahead with full capacity on Sunday. Okay, so, and, and, and I'm assuming all other events, including gigs in the yeah. three arena, everything is back to full capacity again. Um, and now the other thing as well, which concerns people, is the COVID passes. Now, of course, they will always be there. Well, when I say always, they're going to continue for the time being, certainly uh, because other countries will insist on them getting into their country, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, the European Union are insisting on them. But from a domestic point of view, uh, the COVID passes for getting into restaurants, bars. Does that look like it's going to be removed immediately or will that be a, a kind of wait till the legislation runs out, which is probably in March? No, that can be um, discontinued immediately if the government so choose today, that if tomorrow they can end it. That's because I don't think the science is there to back it up, to be honest with you. There was another issue discussed at NEFIT and, you know, um, they, they, they received criticism, but they're not, they're, they're not, they're not unintelligent. Of course they're not. There's some serious minds in there. Um, there was a discussion, here's an exclusive for your show, I haven't had the chance to write this yet. yet. Um, there was a concern over um, the emergence of a national identity card, because don't forget, COVID certs are generally on, online, they're, they're in the cloud, they're there um, as a digital cert, uh, a, a national identity card by the back door, which in Ireland, with our attitude to civil liberties, that's not something so desired. Well, that was again, rejected going back five or six years ago anyway, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. But this was a feeling that they didn't want to be responsible for legal reasons, as always, that this would emerge. And as you say, if all the restrictions are gone, why would you need a COVID cert? Because, mm. you know, obviously, I suppose on, on vaccines, whatever. But again, a very blunt answer. Nefford have told government, this is your decision now. You decide. But as far as we're concerned, the scientific advice, the medical advice, is that it can be discontinued immediately. Is it, I mean, do, do you reckon it's a case, John, when we look at the actual figures and, and we look at human beings, for example, for will get a cold twice a year. And I'm not comparing the two by any stretch of the imagination, but certainly most scientists have said that there's an Omicron variant. For most people, it was no worse than a cold, a bad cold at worst, or no symptoms at best. So is it a case now that Neffet have looked at this and said, well, you know, really, it's not going to make an ounce of difference? 
difference if we have no restrictions because it'll just go back to the way it was where we all got a bit of a cold every now and again. And this is probably the best variant to get because I did listen to a professor, I think it was Sky News or something, and he was talking about this. And he's one of these uh, guys, an epidemiologist who is involved in creating vaccines. And he said, if I was to create a vaccine for COVID-19, he said, Omicron would be the vaccine I'd create. In other words, whatever the protein spikes on (laughs) it would be the ideal situation to get a live vaccine and to have a form of immunity. So do you, do you think it was a case that they kind of said to themselves, there's no justification for this anymore? There was discussion in government coming up to Christmas um, that, they, uh, you know, this was never official policy, but there was discussion that they were going to see an expected Omicron to rip through the uh, population. That was the phrase yeah. used by the minister. Well, they, they, they've, uh, Boris used that too, the let it rip phrase, yes. And I think what you, unfortunately Boris said it in a completely different context way did, back yeah. in, in March 2020 when it did cause thousands of deaths in Britain and, and he's never really recovered from that, I don't think, for that, uh, his political reputation. But as you say, there is a feeling that if Omicron takes over in conjunction, I think very importantly, and again, as journalists, we're always inclined to point to negatives um, in government um, uh, management, but the vaccine is the is the game changer and with a weaker with a weaker strain and vaccine we can live with covid and that's been clearly made um public today mm-hmm. so it's good news all around and you expect this all to be lifted in relation to face masks finally of course in the united kingdom as i mentioned already they're already gone in england uh, most likely to follow suit wales scotland and northern ireland uh, from schools they will be removed from next thursday um, they waited a week for the schools. They said they were waiting a week for the schools. Do you think we'll do the same thing here? And, and by the way, can I just say for those people who don't feel safe, and there are many people who still don't feel quite safe yet, you know, you're welcome to continue wearing the masks, etc., etc. Do you, do you believe, and people should give them their space, do you believe we should go down that same route and remove the, the mandatory mask wearing? Well, you're pressing to point out again in the, um, in the briefings I got yesterday, there was a discussion at Neffet that, Anyone who feels at risk or that they may have been in contact with something, they advise them, of course, to continue with all those, um, with all those, um, you know, personal um, guarantees that they won't spread it or, ca- or catch it. And that includes hand washing, face masks, wearing. The one area that Neffet did give a deadline um, for to government was the wearing of face masks. The two areas of wearing face masks and restrictions in schools, and they have said on the 28th of February that they should end. So. The mask can be thrown in the bin or in the in the laundry um, on the 28th of February, and all restrictions in schools on that same date will be lifted. And, so and is, is that, that John? With the greatest, is that fair? To, I heard some school kid the other night on the news, and she cried her eyes out. She was 18; she had only finished her leaving cert, and she said that two years of her life had been stolen. And she talked about the the lack of communication between her and her tutors and teachers, where she had to keep putting down her mask, and she couldn't hear what was being said, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And she was given out about the way children have been treated, generally speaking. Right? I'm very upset and a very emotional uh, monologue. Do you think it's fair that you know we're we're still saying that treated? children should be treated slightly differently. In other words, everybody else can get rid of it, but we, or, you know, everybody else can get rid of restrictions, etc., etc. But in schools, we still have to keep some of those restrictions there. Uh, I, I, you know, I have a, I have a seven-year-old in, um, girl in school uh, here at Don Place, where I live, and um, she has come home, and she's a bit like her father, she's inclined towards the dramatic with some, with some tough stories. But I haven't underestimated those either from her. Uh, and the difficulties teachers have had in, in the work environment Maybe, and it's only me speculating, it'll be left to schools that if they cho- choose to continue with those um, those restrictions, and don't forget we're coming into spring, it'll be warmer, that real problem of, of, of ice-cold classrooms um, will disappear. But I think, you know, so many sections of society had to, um, had to compromise, and a huge achievement will be when we reflect on all this, and don't forget, Michal Martin has, has said there would be an inquiry into how we managed I, I, I'll come to that finally in a second, the inquiry, but, yeah. Yeah, but with, the, with the schools... A huge success yeah. has been um, keeping the schools open. And yes, I think, you know, teachers should be acknowledged for their bravery and their, their achievements in doing that. And, and if children's education suffered from the manner in which it was done, at least it continued. And I, I just know from my own family... It's been an absolute lifesaver. And for all the talk about hospitality and everything else, the key thing, I think, for society and for the economy 
um, has been the schools remaining open as much as they could. But don't forget they were out for last. The right. well, they, well, they, last did, they did close in the early days, but of course that was yeah. the time of unsurety as well. Uh, but it, finally, in relation to Boris Johnson, as I said, in sp- he, well, he did suggest last year, spring 2022, there would be a full, a full independent inquiry as to how the government handled COVID-19. A lot of mistakes were made over the last two years and a lot of them weren't mistakes. A lot of them were just stupid errors. Um, some good stuff was done. Yes, it was an evolving situation. We all ex- we respect that, something we've never been through before. Unprecedented is the word that was used over and over again. But when we get around to, say, the end of the summer and we're away from all this, hopefully, and we never have to come back to it again, hopefully, um, do you believe there should be a full inquiry as to how everything was handled, You know, things that were done wrong and could have been done a lot better and people held accountable? Um, for example, if things were done drastically wrong, that that caused death and caused you know life to, to cause to lose life, and then we can also look at you know things we can do in the future if it ever happens again. Do you think there should be a full inquiry? Absolutely. I mean, I think the most important thing we can do is have a full inquiry, and I think there was a disinclination to do it in in Ireland. We've had a few incidents which might seem minor in the Department of Foreign Affairs since last summer which have not been dealt with, and very belatedly they've announced an internal inquiry. I think there needs to be full pursuit of anyone who had the decency to pretend um, um, post um, photographic evidence of them breaching um, COVID regulations, and they work in extremely important civil service jobs. That needs to be dealt with. That's one level, but on the macro level, there, you know, I mean, no, no, I, I'm, I'm talking about the way, yeah, as a government, uh, yeah. the way they handle the citizens. And, and I'll give one example, right? There, there was, uh, you know, obviously some people in this country who decided for whatever reason not to get vaccinated. I, yeah. I'm fully vaccinated. I got my booster, et cetera, et cetera. But I would never judge anybody else. There was a kind of blame game going on. If it wasn't the children, it was the unvaccinated. If it wasn't the unvaccinated, it was somebody else. There was this kind of idea of blaming sections of society and isolating sections of society. And certain broadcasters in this country went completely over the top in their hatred for certain people in society. Do you think that all should be examined? Absolutely, like and other aspects as well of, of of macro government management. Like it was, it's, you know, it kind of slipped under the radar because we had such a, a belt of success. But the delay between um, September and uh, and December in the booster campaign, the final booster campaign, was extremely important and extremely damaging. Now I go back to August. The delay in antigen testing was also quite damaging as well. Absolutely, the, the 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 I think what will turn out to be one of the grievous er, grievous errors made was um, the the management of nursing homes. Mm-hmm. And, Absolutely, um, again, and, and, they, and and healthy people being moved from nursing homes into hospital to catch COVID nineteen that was seriously damaging at the very start as well. And the point you make is extremely important because science shows, and don't forget, we had Hollywood movies twenty years ago predicting exactly what happened here. Absolutely. There, there, was even one, there was even one called Omicron, by the way, can I point out? Oh, was there? There was a movie back in the 1970s called Omicron. But John, I, I, I'm running completely out of time here today, but it was wonderful to talk to you and a great insight. Oh, Google Omicron. Thank you very much for having uh, me, Niall. I really appreciate it. All right, listen, thank you very much indeed. There you go. John Lee, Executive Editor of the Irish Daily Mail. Ian Redmond is the owner of Tramline Nightclub and he joins us. Ian, how are you? Uh, I'm good now, thanks. Uh, a better oh, day than most, I suppose. I suppose. Cautiously optimistic, but uh, yeah, no, today is a good day. Um, I suppose the devil will be in the detail when we find out uh, later. We don't get hit with any whammies that, no, you can open your nightclub, but you can't dance, or yeah. you can't have any DJs or something. But <laughs> no, no, or, no, or there's no singing. <laughs> we're, we're hoping a bit of sense prevails. Well, it, it does look like, according to John Lee, I did say to him, there was a suggestion two weeks ago that, okay, co- you know, they will lift restrictions on the hospitality from eight, but maybe only till 12 for a couple of weeks, and then, you know, dip their toe in the water and then go, okay, well, now we go full hog and full yeah. opening, you know. Is that still a fear, or do you think that's not a fear at this stage? Do you think it's going to be a full-on opening? No, I, I think it'll be a full-on opening. We've we've a slight little issue now in terms of licensing. The court's not due to sit till the 9th of February, and uh, oh gosh. But, um, uh, so we're calling on Hen- Helen uh, McEntee, the Minister for Justice, to just say, look, nightclubs can open, and um, we'll deal with the thing. licensing issue afterwards. I, exactly. Look, we all have our we all have our seven-day publicans license. We have our music and singing license, and we have our public dance license. The only thing we don't have in place are our special exemption orders, our late-night bar extensions to open, uh, but. After what we've been through over the last 23 months, we would hope that that would... Um, the, but that's the, just a matter uh, of Ungarda Sheikhana just accepting that you won't have those licences. Exactly. Yeah. So if we, get, if we get a clear message from... Uh, 
uh, Minister McEntee's office today that the, the, the guards here loud and clear, then that it shouldn't be a problem. So that's what we're calling on that in any uh, communications this evening from Antishok uh, that that happens. You know. Okay. In relation to social distancing or table service, you don't believe any of that's still going to remain in place. You, re- you reckon it'll be, I suppose, which is very strange for us to talk about, Ian, for the first time, it'll be as it was in 2019. No, 1992. We're bringing back the slow set. (laughs) I remember it well. It'll be be full on nightclub. Or as it was better known as the timing, and I know it's daytime radio, but it was called the erection section as far as I remember. You said that, not me. (laughs) So, mind you, you know, it would be great to go back to the old style of nightclubs again. I don't think most people, well, most of our listeners would actually because we're a classic hits radio station. Our demographic is a bit older. But I think the most would remember the two slow sets a night. Yeah, you, you you dropped one about kind of one o'clock and then one at kind of ten past two and then you finished yeah. up at two thirty. One just uh, before the it, bar would close. I remember the manager yeah, in Club yeah. M would come down to me, boiling, boiling, put on a slow set. The bar is going to close in ten minutes. We need them to buy more drink. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing as well, that, that is, I suppose, a, a little bit concerning probably for you and for many other people in hospitality, and it's going to be staffing. So how are you finding that at the moment? A lot of restaurants telling us they can't get staff. Um, Joe, I have a fantastic management team at Tramline, uh, Sean Cahill, Clive Power, uh, and they, they are just fantastic in terms of uh, getting, they, they, they've got a crew of staff ready to go. You know, we could open tomorrow night with staff and we're blessed, you know, that they'll come back. We kept it, we kept the, uh, we, we kept the management team on. Uh, mm. From from our, uh, from December six when we closed, uh, on the basis that we were going to be open within four weeks, got pushed out to eight weeks. But uh, look, we are where we are. I think we'll be okay on staff. Um, you know, to open we need about thirty five to forty staff on a given night. Security, mm. bar staff, barbacks, cloakroom staff, and management. So, yeah, no, I, that that that's not an issue for us. We just need to know when we can open from and until what times, and we'll have tickets up on sale online on uh, Will you be needing tickets? I know Eventbrite has been doing well because obviously there was a ticketed system there before the, uh, after October the 22nd but will you be you, needing you, tickets going you forward? You know our, our, our customers are used to uh, prepaying tickets online and it just speeds things up on the door uh, it, it eliminates cash handling which is fantastic you know that it's fully traceable um, in terms of who's been in the venue so there's lots of reasons why tickets work really well they work great for the live music industry they work great for the cinema industry and they work really really well for us when we reopen so we'll be looking to stick with that model okay. uh, it's great now that we'll still be able to allow walk-up trade but you know uh, we may we sold out every night we opened uh, well in advance because it was tickets and there's the whole FOMO factor if, if you if you didn't have a ticket you may not get in yeah. or you wouldn't get in so no we'll, by the way for those older people who don't know what FOMO is because that's a word that's been used quite a lot lately it's fear of missing out I believe isn't it yeah Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I kind of have a little bit of a fear of missing out, Ian. Now, I, I, I don't know if I'll, I think I might venture down to Tramline myself. You're on the, the guest list now, and there's a couple of scoops waiting for you. So, uh, and, um, like, and there is for everyone in the, in the media. Uh, they've just been fantastic in keeping uh, the late night hospitality industry um, uh, front and centre of this in this whole pandemic and how badly uh, we were affected by it. So. Like uh, we will be throwing a trade night, thanking the media for for their support uh, in the coming weeks, and you're all invited down on us. It's uh, we're really looking forward to it. All right, well, look, I wish you the best of luck, Ian, and to all the nightclub owners and all the hospitality people in the country who hope for, are waiting with bated breath for this announcement, which I believe will be probably on six one news this evening. And I hope it's good news for everybody, and I hope we can all get back to some level of normality again. Ian, listen, thank you very much indeed, and I appreciate you coming on the air. Thanks, now. There you go, Ian Redmond, owner of Tramline Nightclub, and he reckons they'll be out the door. And of course, there will be a novelty factor. Absolutely. And all of these clubs and bars and restaurants um, will be very busy probably over the next two or three weeks because that novelty of people being able to go out and if they get rid of the COVID vaccine passports as well, you know, it makes things a lot easier for a lot of people. A lot of people, by the way, didn't go not because they weren't vaccinated, but they didn't go because, I suppose, of the hassle of producing this and then producing your ID. And they felt it was some sort of impingement on their, their liberty. So they didn't go. Uh, so hopefully they will all start to go back. Uh, and I wish all the industry well because they've suffered so badly over the last two years. They have been the worst affected industry along with live music and other entertainment. And entertainment is the one thing that keeps a smile on our face. And I will say to all the naysayers, and there's quite a lot of people online, by the way, and I still see it on Twitter and I've seen it all online. You know, people saying, oh, it's too soon, it's too soon. What about people who are vulnerable? You know, what are they going to do? I get on that. And I would say to everybody, as I've said before, 
don't judge people. If there are people out there who are still worried, because let's be clear about it, you know, for two years, the media, I, I don't think I played a huge role in it, thankfully, uh, but certainly the media scared the living bejesus out of people and the government. And thankfully, it was never as bad as we ever thought it was going to be. Thankfully, the modelling predicted hundreds of thousand people dying, dying in Ireland. That never happened, thankfully. But I would say to people, there are people out there who are scared, who took it a lot more seriously maybe than you did, or I did, for that matter. And <clears throat> they need their space. It might take them a little bit of time to readjust. Remember, it's like everything that, you know, when you're taught a certain thing to do a certain thing a certain way, it takes time to be retrained, for your brain to be retrained and your culture to retrain and the way you think to retrain. So all I would say is treat people with respect. Somebody wants to wear a mask and they get rid of masks. Somebody else wants to wear one. Let them wear one. That's their choice. That's what they want to do. Just like you wanted your choice not to do this or not to do that during COVID-19. That's their choice. If they want to keep their distance from you and want to keep their space, respect that and let them keep their space from you because that's what they want to do. If they don't want to go out, they want to stay at home and they're scared to go out, don't slag them off. Just say that's fine. If that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. So everybody should just respect each other's decision. It'll take a little bit of time. I mean, this is a, the last two years has been a massive shock to everybody's system. And it'll take a little bit of time for us all to get back to the way we were in 2019. Hopefully, we're tooled up with new armour. In other words, new armour that, yeah, continue to wash your hands. Continue to respect people's private space. Something that we probably didn't do before. You know, continue to do certain things. But you don't have to behave like you did for the last two years. Unfortunately, we won't have, hopefully, we won't have all these mandated restrictions. Anyway, Michal will announce it tonight. I want to get your reaction. I want to know how you feel about it. Are you happy with this decision by the government that practically everything is going to be gone within the next couple of weeks? And we're back to normality. Are you happy with that? Do you think it's too soon? Let me know what you think. The number's 087-188-0008. That's 087-188-0008. You know what I'm really looking forward to? Out of all this, not myself, couldn't care less. I'm really looking forward to the day that children can go to school, the windows won't be open, and they won't have masks on their faces anymore, and we can see their smiles. That's what I'm really looking forward to. Good afternoon, Karen. You're in Ireland's Classic Kids. Now, Karen, I spoke to you some time ago. You were so disappointed that your little yeah. son, um, who obviously has his own difficulties, was had a party with Make-A-Wish and it was cancelled yeah. because of COVID. But you've got some good news now. Yes, um, his party is going ahead um, in on the 12th of February. Oh, brilliant. And Absolutely brilliant. Just can't wait. Now, I still haven't told him, um, just, just in case. But with today's announcements later on, I, I can't see it's not that it won't happen. Yeah, um, yeah you, you just know, never know. You just you just, you're know, you just your never bets know here, anyway yeah. with parties and with kids. Um, but um, oh, we're just thrilled. And given that we've had it, we feel a little bit safer. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, look, we're just over the moon. We're delighted. Can't wait. Okay, so um, for what's what's the party going to entail? He can't hear you there, can he? Oh, so, no, no, he can't. So um, it'll be in a hotel. Okay. And he wanted a themed party, so his obsession at the minute is um, the nightmare before Christmas. Okay. Um, what a so great, what a great obsession, by the way. My my partner is obsessed with that, by the way. <laughs> he is. It's just it's everywhere. He has the teddy bears. He has the characters. He has the blankets. You name it. He has it. He has the costume, and that's the theme he wanted. Okay. Um, now it would have been lovely to have that at Christmas time. Um given that it's the nightmare before Christmas and all that. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, that's the theme of the party. So I don't know what Make-A-Wish have planned. Um, I haven't asked any questions, so it'll be whatever, a surprise for Whatever everyone. it is, it'll be amazing because they, oh, do, they do a wonderful is, job. I just know it's going to be out of this world. It'll blow his um, mind. He'll be delighted. Yeah, yeah. No, he's going to be thrilled. I just, I can't wait to see his little face. And that must make, it must make you very happy now because you know, you know, there's something for him to look forward to. Oh, yeah, I do. I can't wait. It's something for him. You know, his brother and his sister are great in that they share his enthusiasm about the nightmare before Christmas. And, you know, so for to be able to see the three of them, you know, enjoy this together, but particularly for him, um, I just, I can't wait. I yeah. just can't wait. Do you know, it's the most, like I think it's the most important morning. thing to all this is to see children happy. I want Absolutely. to see children happy again. I want to see yeah. them having their parties at their little birthday parties. Because I and remember holidays. my kids grew up. Yeah. You know, we just said as well, and again, just because we've had it um, and it's gone through the house at this stage, we're going to book a holiday. 
Yeah. Um, you know, the kids haven't, we haven't had a family holiday. Um, so, yeah, we're going to go on a holiday, hopefully. Um, I just, it's just such a good day. It feels like someone has just opened the doors. Yeah. And go on, you can go out. And mm. yeah, we'll do it cautiously, but, oh, just freedom. It's just, we take so much for granted. Yeah, well, I don't think we'll ever take it for granted again. I don't think so, <laughs> no. definitely not. Although we <laughs> should we should be allowed to take it for granted, mind you, we yeah. should. But however, unfortunately, over the last two years, we've learned differently. But look, I wish no. you well. I hope he has a Thank wonderful party, much. Karen. I'm oh, delighted for him, and, I, and I'm delighted for the rest of your family too, and I hope you Thanks all have a wonderful time. Style. Thank you. And thanks, and thanks as well, by the way, to Make-A-Wish, who make these dreams happen. They're, they're fantastic. The things that they do and the staff and all, um, they've been amazing with us. They really, they've kept in touch with us throughout this. And as disappointed as I was as party couldn't go ahead, they were even more disappointed. I mean, the, the girl that's dealing with us and Make-A-Wish, she was so upset. She yeah. was heartbroken. Yeah. Had to make that phone call, but I had expected it, and I, I completely understood. And you, you know what? You know what? The, what saddens me a little bit. I don't want to be put a downer on things, right? But yeah. I know during the last two years, Make a Wish have probably had to cancel parties or cancel, you know, wishes for children yeah. who sadly may have been terminally ill and, and, and may not have ever gotten their wish. No, and I, may, I think that yeah. is that's the most unfair. Yeah. Of you know, especially when the government back just before Christmas announced that there was kids couldn't do that, they couldn't go to Pantos, they couldn't have parties. I just thought that was one of the worst decisions that they had ever, ever made throughout this whole thing. Absolutely. To deny kids um, just being children. Yeah. Yeah, couldn't agree with you Absolutely. more. Absolutely. Karen, thank you very much indeed. Thanks Have a great you. day. All right, and hopefully for everybody, the announcement at 6 o'clock is as good as we all think it's going to be. John, you're an Ireland's classic kids. How are you doing? John, is it too soon, too late, or is it just the good timing good? I, I think it's about time, because people have been dragged down for too long especially with the likes of, say, weddings and any kind of, like, events. Mm-hmm. People have had to postpone. Like, a, f- a friend of mine is getting married now in, in the next six months. Okay. So he can go ahead now and have so a full-on on wedding. Like, and yeah. it's a massive burden off them. Yeah. Because there's a, a wedding there in October, and they actually, and we have a big family, and from our side alone, was my cousin's wedding. They had to literally cherry pick who who could and couldn't go. And that's difficult. It is. Especially we have, I have um, uh, 11 aunts and uncles and a lot of their children would have been at it. Like mm-hmm. so they, they would have been my generation which would have been those in their 30s and 40s. And we're all, we've always been very close and you could, who, who just, how do you pick yeah. who gets to go and not go? And so that they don't have to do that anymore is massive. Yeah. And do you think there are still people, because of course that over the last two years, you know, a lot of stuff has been quite scary for people. Yeah. And, exactly. and some people, by the way, were more resilient than others. Some people kind of took it with a grain of salt. Others got yeah. extremely concerned about it because of obviously the media handled it. Uh, yeah. And uh, I'm part of the media, I'm happy to say. Uh, and also, uh, you know, the way the government put out stories, some of it was genuine. Some of it was scare tactics. I'm, I, well, let's just say I, what it is. Say what it is. Very but, much agreed. Uh, so, you know, there are going to be a lot of people still in society who are going to be quite concerned. Uh, what do you? What would you say to those people? I, I think Michal Martin today has a very important job. Oh yeah, and yeah. and his job today is to step up to the plate and to assure people it is safe. And I think that's what he needs to do. Not be yeah. put, not be putting cautious remarks out because that just leaves things lingering. And and I don't want to hear what Leo Varadkar said during the week was, um, well, there's a possibility we could go into more restrictions, you know, during the year if things get worse. That's not what we need because that's not good for the industry. It's not good for the economy. It's not good for hospitality. It's not good for your mate booking his wedding because he'd be thinking in the hotel, he'd be thinking, should we really book it for June just in case it's closed again? We need assurance that this going forward, we will deal with things differently and lockdowns and restrictions won't be the answer. I mean, they're not a long-term answer for everyone because they cause mental health issues and mental health as well. Absolutely. And it it causes more damage than it, than it helps. Absolutely. I, I, in my opinion. Okay, well, I absolutely couldn't agree with you more. Uh, keep texting, keep WhatsApping, numbers 087-188-008. Got to go to a quick break. Niall, you're a legend. Well said about the children and their smiles. I know the restaurants, nightclubs, etc. have had a tough time 
and more luck to them. But for God's sake, take the maths off the children. Love the show. Thanks. Bye. All right. Thanks very much. Couldn't agree with you more. How you doing, Niall? Yeah, just listening in there to uh, all the facts and figures coming out now at the moment. And I think you're right. There needs to be a public inquiry. But it shouldn't go on like all the other public inquiries that ended up ta- costing the taxpayers millions and millions of pounds. Uh, one of the things I was very uh, um, upset by that I never realised that over 9,000 people lost their lives in this pandemic. 9,000 Irish people. And we know there was elderly people that were neglected and didn't need to die. And it was tough on families because they couldn't be with their loved ones. So we need to look into all of that as well. But uh, one death is too many. 9,000. We lost 9,000 Irish citizens to this pandemic. You have to have an inquiry for that. Thanks, Morris. Yeah, Morris, I agree with you. There must be an inquiry. There must be an inquiry into how older people, particularly the very start, there was a lot of mistakes made. I think to use the figure of 9,000, Although they are the factual figures in relation to those who died, it was a positive case of COVID-19. I think, to be honest with you, it's a little bit over the top because the majority, and it has been established clearly by, by Leo Radgar and many other people as well, the majority of those 9,000 people didn't die of COVID-19. They died with COVID-19. I think we have to say there's a distinct difference. Thankfully, in this country, too many people didn't die directly of COVID-19. But still quite a lot of people and respect to all those families and condolences to all those families who lost somebody uh, through COVID-19 through the last two years. And hopefully with this new variant, that won't continue. Oh, no, I am not happy. And I will not be happy until... All of the powers that the government had are revoked. The Coronavirus Act, whatever you call it, is revoked. I won't be happy till that's gone. I will not be happy until there is some mechanism put in place that this can never happen again. That can Ministers can't just rule by decree. Cannot rule by decree like that. It's like a dictatorship. So, no. Wouldn't be happy until everything is gone. Um, and another thing, our constitution actually means something. It's not just a piece of paper. Thanks, Noel. Uh, absolutely. The legislation, just to let you know, the legislation in relation to, say, mandate mask wearing, the legislation into COVID passports, the legislation, the emergency legislation that was used uh, for COVID-19, a lot of people don't agree with it, but that legislation expires, uh, as far as I know, in March, either way. Um, and it's up to government then to vote to renew it. I don't think that's going to happen at this stage uh, because it does have a sunset clause. Um, so that will be removed. Um, so they won't be able to, for example, go back on the word, unless, of course, they vote to renew the legislation again, which I would doubt at this stage they're going to be able to justify in any shape or form. Uh, Niall, you're in Ireland's Classic Kids. How are you doing, Niall? How are you, Niall? Uh, now, you're a bit more cautious. You believe this will be a disaster. No, no, I never... <clears throat> I kind of... What I, what, what I meant to say is if it's not done in the proper way i mean my job I'm, i i see i see elderly people and they're they're the shit frightened out of them the government absolutely um, i couldn't agree with you more yep. step outside their door i'm going my job is i go around the country doing inspections i'm in the furniture trade so i'm i'm in and out of houses i mean my own beliefs look i'd probably get shot if i said what you know i mean i i the people in my family i haven't even i i've fallen out with over their beliefs you know, the... Oh, that's, that, and you know what? That's been so sad to see over the last two years. People being pitted against each other because of their opinions and yeah. everything else. And friends. People have lost friends. They've lost family over it. It's wrong. It's wrong. Yeah, I... You know, look. I mean, I, I, I've been through... I, I'd be a big Facebook poster. And I stopped putting my own beliefs because you see you're... <laughs> blocked, blocked, blocked. So, look. I, I stopped doing that and... Um, because of so, that, like, I, I think what I said before the break and before you come on, I don't know whether you heard me. Well, I heard it, yeah. I, I, think, I, think it's, I think it's very important that Hall Martin, this is going to be the most important announcement to be made since the one Leo Varadkar made two years ago. Uh, everything else in between, forget about for the moment. But today is the day that Hall Martin must be confident and must with confidence say that we're reopening. I don't want to hear well, we're going to cautiously open or we need to be cautious or the next 10 days are so important or I, I don't want to hear any of that. He needs yeah, to reassure yeah. people it's the right decision. Like, uh, I even, I, that's basically what I, I meant to say in my message, my WhatsApp message. I believe it's the right time and it is the right thing that the, the, the people I see in houses around the country in my job suffering mentally is I've never experienced anything like it. And it, it, my own wife, she's a teacher. She teaches in County Limerick and Group. Um, she comes home and she says, Niall, you're soaking up 
that neg- that negativity and bringing it home. You're bringing your problems home to yeah. me, and I have to listen to you. Um, yeah. Good and bad. Good stories and bad stories, but mostly bad stories. I mean, I meet I met a guy in Cork um, seven or eight during the first lockdown, and he told me if the lockdown continued for any longer, he's committing suicide. Oh, that's, hor- that's that horrible to hear. Yeah. yeah. Um, I and, and, I, and I think that's a really important point that you're making. The mental health of the nation is extremely important, and I think it's up to government now to turn that around because they very easily two years ago turned it into something different. So we need to turn that around, and we need to acknowledge as well as they did in numerous studies across America that between lockdowns and restrictions and restrictions on hospital appointments and works. all that, all that kind of stuff has also will sadly uh, lose lives over the next few yeah, years because. Like me, even me going into houses, I had a woman in Dublin one once, only a few months ago. She, she, she sprayed me. God, I know it's funny. My wife, I told the wife this when I went home. She got, I don't know, she had something in a bottle. And before I was allowed to walk into the house, she sprayed me with some kind of disinfectant. And I just, I yeah. just did she just spray me? And she, I mean, I, I, she, she all but told me there was holy water inside it. Yeah. And disinfectant. I mean, what the? Yeah, I and, and, and I feel sorry for her. Because, I do. Because That's unfortunately, you know, yes, we were all being cautious and yes, people were right to be cautious to some degree because of what the government were telling us and whatever, yeah. everything we're told. But some people just took that to another level and, yeah, and, and, I, and essentially became germaphobes. Yeah, and you're, you know, look, I'm going to be holding my hand up in here and say, and I'm not vaccinated, okay? That's your I'm choice. Not. That's your choice. Yeah. Look, uh, mm-hmm. My kids, uh, they've had the MMRs. My wife is vaccinated. I'm not. Um, now, I haven't been asked that. Nobody asks. It's a bit like, who do you vote for type of question. Um, I haven't been asked, but it has restricted certain things. I've been going around with face, uh, someone else's passport just to get into a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so... Yes, it's, it's restricted your, your ability to enjoy life, obviously. Yeah, and look, I mean, I haven't... Well, I'm sure you're happy to see that's most likely going to be removed this weekend as well. By Monday, I, I would imagine that passports, with, with, now with the exception of international travel. Exactly. Look, how we'd, I'll put up with that. I kind of want, want well, to unfortunately, the Irish government have no control over that. They've no, they've yeah, no control. Yeah, we're Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so even that alone, just to get out for a meal and, and feel normal again and feel... And there's hundreds of thousands of other people the same as me. That's a fact. Yeah. Okay, well, look, I, I wish you well, and I and I hope things, and maybe, you know, I know how difficult it can be to be quite negative because, unfortunately, I work in media, so we get bad news all the time. Of course, yeah, yeah. And, but, so I know how difficult that can be in your mental health and bringing that home with you, and I bring it home to my partner too, so I know how difficult that can yeah. be as well. Um, and, and thankfully, my partner is really supportive, as I'm sure your wife is too, you, with you. Um, but I think for everybody now, it's time to put on the, the fun face again. It's time to put on the smile again and, and be optimistic. And I think, again, I'll reiterate, if anybody from government happens, Listening, it's really important that there is nothing negative in tonight's statement at six o'clock. I'm going to say a prayer. I don't believe in all the Catholic job, but do you know what? I'm going to say a prayer that he says the right thing at six o'clock. Okay, listen, thank you very much indeed, and I appreciate you coming no, on. Here, all right, all right yeah. we've got to take a quick break. Uh, the number is 087 188 You can WhatsApp or text. I might take a few more calls after the break because so many people are texting. Again, I suppose it's a great day today, isn't it, for Ireland? It's a great day for our economy. It's a great day for the people. It's a great day for hospitality. It's a great day for our mental health. Hopefully things will start to get back to some level of normality again. It's just a good day. Oh, yeah, Noel, making fingers. Noel, I think people are after getting used to coming home from Bob Ailey. But I'll tell you what might happen. I'll tell you. They might tell the pubs they can go back to 12 o'clock. It'll be grand. And the nightclubs probably open till 2 o'clock. So I think the nightclubs, the fellas who run the nightclubs are probably going to go mad that they're going to only open till 12. If, if the if time is 12 o'clock, they won't be able to open a nightclub. But if you tell them they can open at 2 o'clock, the pub, the fellas who run the pubs will say, well, why can't we not open a bit later? So you're going to have to balance it out here. Can, can we open till 1? Can we open till 2? To let the pubs go back to the normal hours to facilitate in the nightclubs. Because you're going to, you're playing one after the other there, but uh, I drive a taxi and I think... Uh, we're not going to go back to the fully the way we are for another year, at least another year. So uh, we, I can't see the benefits of it, but maybe if the pubs are all open till 12, the nightclubs open till 12, or just open them till 2 or 3, and let the pubs open till 2 or 3, the way they were, normal times. And hopefully then we can have some sort of normality in yep. society. So that's the way uh, 
I think they're going to have to look at it. All right, thanks, Mick, the taxi driver. Okay, loads and loads of people text again, by the way, and I have to say, all quite positive today. Um, I was expecting, and I thought there would be some people who would be quite cautious about this, and, and thankfully I haven't, we haven't had much of that outside. Um, both uh, Ruth and Ashley have been screening all the calls coming in, and, and very few people have actually said that. Actually, I don't think anybody's actually wanted to go on the air and say that. I don't think anybody wants to rain on the parade, so to speak. Uh, but I want to go to Annette. Annette. Hello, Niall. How are you? How are you, Annette? You know what? You have been the light of my life throughout this pandemic, yourself and Michael. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you're, you're not looking for much, you tell me. <laughs> I've, been, I've spoken to both of you so many times and you're making your jam and he's doing the garden. And <laughs> Well, I made no jam this year now. I'm on strike. Oh, you're on strike? I'm on strike. Why are you on strike? The pay wasn't good. Michael, what are you doing? You're not paying her well. <laughs> Management can be a very difficult, complicated process now. <laughs> right, I see. <laughs> Michael, you need to get yourself a few bushes out the back, back garden with the blackberries on them so she can start making some nice blackberry jam and send it in to her favourite radio presenter. Oh, do you like blackberry jam? Oh, my mother used to make blackberry jam, but here's the thing, Annette, right? I loved it. My father used to bring me up the old back roads and we'd pick the blackberries and put them into like plastic bag, bring them home. Right. My mother'd throw them in the pot with the sugar or whatever it is, whatever way you make it, I don't know, I can't remember. And she'd boil them all up and make the jam. I'd love I'd lash the jam onto the bread. And then within two hours I'd be covered in hives. Yeah, you were eating too much of it. I think it was just too rich for me or something like that. No, you just overdid the, t- uh, the eating. <laughs> I probably just did over too. There's too much sugar. No, I don't like jam. I, I like marmalade, but I don't like jam. Oh, no. I, I'm, see, I was never a fan of marmalade. You oh, know? I love marmalade. Mm. I have to have marmalade. What, well, I, there, there's particular oranges you use in marmalade, the, those oranges that are quite sour. <laughs> I'll tell you a good one about the oranges. Michael went down the other day, but we have a, a what I call the easy peelers, one of them every morning before the porridge. Yeah. For breakfast. And Michael went down and he said, I've got lovely easy peelers and comes home. And I knew straight away there were the civil oranges for the mamlet, so I said nothing. And he said, Jeez, I can't eat those. <laughs> <laughs> what are they called? Seville oranges, isn't it? Seville they... oranges they're called and they're in season at the moment. Okay, so the, these oranges that you use in marmalade are quite sour. You'd have, you have to they're add sugar to them. They're very, very sour and they're full of seeds. Right, okay. And they're used to make marmalade. Now, okay. Annette, how are you feeling about today's announcement that Michal Martin will be on I'm the... delighted, but I'm going to be still very cautious because our grandchildren we haven't seen for over two years. Oh, that's so sad, and you know isn't how it? Fast, how fast children grow. Yeah. And you can talk to them on Zoom until the cows come home, as they say, but you'll never get the same response as if you're there with them. Yeah, it's not the same thing, is it? No, 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 no. no. And and so and I, are you so when you say a cautious so is this your daughter's children or your sons? My sons, both my sons are married. One in New York and one now he managed to get over uh, there before Christmas for just a long weekend himself because he hadn't seen us for nearly three years. Okay, but we haven't seen the kids, and uh, because the youngest girl wasn't vaccinated uh, because she wasn't the age she's four, uh, he decided no, he's not. They're not going to chance it. Right, okay. And I'd hate them to chance it to come to see us and then get COVID. Okay. I couldn't, I couldn't take that. And are you more worried about yourself or are you worried about the kids? I'm worried about the kids. I would, you know, Annette, with, the, with respect, the, I, and I understand your cautiousness, but COVID is not a huge risk to children. I and mean, we know that from, the, from the, the science that we've seen, the data we've seen. I'd be more worried about yourself because obviously you're a little bit older in years, but you're both fully vaccinated, are you? We're both fully vaccinated and we're having great fun with the booster vaccine. It didn't come up in the stats, you know, the need for travel until mm. I got it up two days ago. Himself is still working on it because he's stubborn. Oh, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is the COVID cert you're talking about. Yeah, that's yeah, right, yeah. That's yeah, right. yeah. yeah he's been a typical yeah. man in the background there, is he? Oh, yes, sure, I'll deal with it. Like all men, they know it all until it comes to doing <laughs> and, and are you dying to give them a big hug? Absolutely, Niall. Absolutely. I know. That would make your day, wouldn't it, to, yeah, to have them like, in front of you? you yeah, like, and the other man is in Norway. Yeah. And when we travel from Tuam here to Norway, it takes exactly 12 hours. Okay. And by the time you get there, you'd have gone through a lot of places that you have to be so, so careful for them. Yeah. Because they are not, the kids are not vaccinated. 
Well, are you looking forward to it? Are you looking <laughs> forward to the day you get to see them? looking forward to it now, seeing them so much. And when do you, so when do you think you might get to see them? I'm hoping this summer. I'm hoping they'll come this summer. Okay. You know, uh, down to County Clare. We spent Christmas in Clare and it was brilliant. Maybe Absolutely. maybe we could put back up. Maybe we should get a whole campaign going to put back up the Christmas tree. Oh, no. Ashling is saying no. no. Ashling no. is saying no. That's once, not a thing, Niall. Once a year is enough. But could we not make it a thing? Because no. we didn't really have Christmas. We couldn't go anywhere. We didn't do well, anything. Well, we had Christmas at home. The two daughters <laughs> came and they were great. Right, okay. But it was could, a great time. We walked the legs up ourselves down there. Could we not get a hashtag going? I, I don't know. I'm no, I know you're not into Twitter, Annette. But could we not get a hashtag going? Bring back Christmas for July. No. <laughs> no. All right, Annette. Listen, you and Michael, enjoy your day, enjoy your weekend, and I hope you get to see your grandkids very soon. And let's hope uh, it's good news today at six o'clock for everybody. Okay, take care, guys. Have That's a it. wonderful day, Annette. Have, have, a wonderful a great, day. have a great 2022. And you, you too, and Michael as well. All right, loads and loads of people, by the way, texting in relation to that. Loads of people very happy today. And I can see that everybody, everybody, well, most, I'm looking at all the texts coming in, all very optimistic. All very optimistic. I have to say, somebody says, too funny, that guy was getting sprayed down by folk entering their homes. Uh, well, he just said he didn't get vaccinated. The mind truly boggles sometimes, Jesus, you couldn't make it up. Anyway, yeah, yeah. look, I, I understand why some people were that cautious. And I understand why Annette is cautious, even though, Look, we, we all know, I, I mean, at this stage, hopefully people are reading newspapers and, and watching the media and even the experts and the scientists have said that children are not at risk from COVID-19. They're actually, children statistically are more at risk from the common flu than they are from COVID-19. So, you know, please don't be worried about children. They're fine. Children, I, I know I hate the word resilient, but they are resilient. Children are very resilient. And when it comes to viruses and coughs and colds, you remember when you were a child or you had your own children, from the age of one to at least 13, their noses were snotty all the time. And the reason their noses were snotty all the time is is because their immune systems were constantly fighting all sorts of cold viruses and flu viruses and different types of viruses. And your mother would grab you and she'd find out that Mary down the road's kid had chicken pox. What was the first thing your mother would do? She'd grab you, bring you down the road and rub you off her. Because she wanted you to get chicken pox when you were young. Because children's immune systems are amazing. Absolutely amazing. As we get older, our immune system starts to decline. So please don't worry about your children. If you look at the statistics in relation to COVID-19 and the deaths of children, it's extremely low. They've probably more chance of falling off a donkey. Anyway, listen to me. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits.